Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. Nobody was more surprised than me when a University of Texas student reached out wanting to put together an episode for us. Here's how that played out. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. I'm just going to have you introduce yourself and then just say what program you're in at UT. Okay, sure thing. My name is Evan Hearn, and I am in the journalism program at the University of Texas. How did you hear about TSBVI? I drive by it pretty much every day to get to school. I drive by, I drive down Burnett and uh, turn on 45th. And I've seen it for a long time and just wondered what was there. And that made me look it up. And that's how you found uh, our podcast. Yes. And what interested you about A Sense of Texas? I remember I just started listening just because I like podcasts in general. And I thought it was cool that the school had one. And then just within the first couple episodes, I remember one of the first ones I heard was a... uh, was a conference given by a deaf-blind individual. I mean, I was just blown away by what it was because I'm not—I'm completely ignorant, or I, a little bit less ignorant now, but yeah. still very ignorant about sort of this community and what goes on here and within this community. Um, and so it was just interesting to me to hear people within the deaf-blind community talk about their experiences and their perspectives because I'd never heard any of that before. I remember when you showed up and started asking about it, I was like, this is awesome because we're always trying to get more people engaged in what we're doing here and uh, to have somebody that totally is not connected in any way suddenly be interested was, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, because I didn't think I was your like typical, I imagine like, you know, I'm not the typical listener, yeah. but um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I think more people should listen because it is a good, it's a good, it's informative. So tell us about the episode we're about to listen to. So mm-hmm. this is going to lead into it. But uh, tell us how it came about. As I said, I'm in the journalism program at UT. So I had to do a, sort of a, a audio project um, for some of my coursework. This was around the time that I had discovered and was listening to A Sense of Texas. And I thought, OK, well, that community seems like it'd be an interesting community to, to do an audio project with. Like, that would be cool. And so I came here, spoke to you. Y'all were very generous with your time and you're uh, helping me out, giving me contacts. And you put me in touch Actually, you invited me to the White Cane Day, oh, yeah. which I came to, which was really cool, a lot of fun. And there I met, or I should say, I w- was met by uh, <laughs> Patty Bushland, uh-huh. uh, Mary Rose Bushland's mother, who saw me with my recording equipment and invited me to record um, her very talented daughter and her friend, her daughter's, I guess, friend and music tutor, Devin Gutierrez, play music and sing. And so I listened to them and then by speaking with them was able to sit in on some of their music sessions, which, we'll hear, which we hear a bit in the, in the podcast. And also just talk to them about their experiences and their time at the school. Uh, again, from my position of complete ignorance, like not involved with this community at all, um, but just sort of trying to get a perspective of what their life is like. And it ended up focusing pretty organically on music. So I also, once I realized that was happening, I spoke to Eva Van Houten, mm-hmm. who is the elementary school, like music teacher, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's Yeah, she is. <laughs> and again, she was very friendly, very, very generous with her time um, and uh, talked to me about like her methodology and, and what she her experiences have been teaching music to, to uh, kids in this community, one of whom was Mary Rose. Mm-hmm. So that was cool, too. singing I like the feeling of singing in my voice and I like it when I go with my voice 
my high pitched voice that opera y thing. And I also like to, uh, you know, yell at football games and stuff like that. Oh, and I, I also like to, like, play the piano and sing, too. Besides okay. yelling and stuff. Sure, of course. Of course. <laughs> yelling at basketball or football or baseball games or <laughs> soccer ball games. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Um, music for me, I mean, has just really always been um, just my method of communicating with the world. I mean, my childhood wasn't exactly all rosy. <laughs> so I, and I grew up, I mean... I grew up okay, but there were definitely like family issues that ha happened, and music was just my my way of getting through it. I, I just love that that ability to be able to just express in a lot of different ways. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up, Mary? Uh volleyball player. A volleyball player. Okay, I thought you would have said uh, singer, musician. And, uh, a volleyball player and a musician. Oh, okay, so singing, um, a musical volleyball player. Do you think about music a lot? Do you think that you want to keep singing and, and playing music for the rest of your life? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I can buy a beatbox volleyball that goes... <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Devin? What do you think? I, I would love to have a professional... Uh, music career you know they always say they spend so much time telling you like when you when you do like various blindness organizations that help you get jobs or whatever they spend way more time telling you how unrealistic a job in the music industry is than trying to help you do things to get it but i mean it's like get a day job simple enough and then work on your music but uh that's what I intend to do. I already have kind of a sort of a day job where I work testing county voting websites for accessibility. Very cool. And <laughs> what about, uh, well, you're, Devin, so you're in the exit program. Yes. Tell me a bit about that, what that means, what that's like. So, I mean, I could, I could speak to my high school because I was here, here for high school as well. But the exit program is designed for uh, vocational training, um, mainly. It's designed to get you learning all the skills you need to uh, live independently. So, for instance, I cooked uh, grilled cheese yesterday. So, is this part of a, of a like a course, to, like a cooking? It's course, a or? cooking. It, uh, it's a cooking program inside of the apartment living program, and which I'm that, in. Is that here on campus, or are these? Yes, it's way at the back. Okay, I got you. You get we've got four apartments that me and three buddies live in. Uh, to where my studio is. Nice. Um, so it's like these efficiency apartments. We each get our own little apartment to keep maintain, keep clean, vacuum, wipe down stuff, you know, do the cooking. Be self-sufficient. Yeah. So tell me about when you came here from, a, I'm assuming a school that was not specifically for blind and visually impaired children, and then you sure. came here to TSBVI. What was that like? So I came from a little town of Sweetwater, and... I stayed in their public school system all through eighth grade, but I grew up a very sheltered person, so um, I wasn't really used to doing anything for myself. My grandmother would do pretty much anything for me, and like even when the even when the people in Sweetwater who work with visually impaired people, uh, teachers that are visually impaired, even when they would teach me skills, I wasn't necessarily able and allowed to use them. At my grandmother's house because she, it was much easier for her because she was getting older to just do everything because she didn't want to have to clean up a huge mess if I, if I spilled the jelly trying to make a PB&J, you know, which it's understandable 
Um, and she did it from a well-intentioned place, but it also left me in a position where had that continued, I wouldn't have been able to be as independent as I am today. Um, so I went to the school in ninth grade at the, the Sweetwater. They, they, each district refers you to the school. 50 SBBI. Correct. And uh, they, uh, when I first got here, I was very maladjusted. The person you would have seen in ninth grade was shorter. Right, less, yeah, well, I imagine. Yeah. Well, by a lot. A heck mm -hmm. of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, less less uh, well-adjusted. Mm -hmm. I would... Uh, basically pretend to be sleeping in order to uh, get out of integrating, basically. I, I had I didn't have very good coping strategies, so I would literally just shut down, like, literally, head on the table. I would actually be awake, but everyone thought I was sleeping because I was apparently that good of an actor. I don't know. But... It took me a while, and the school really helped me. There was, there's, we had like great, you know, behavior specialist counselors, counselors, and different various folks who, all along with all of my uh, teachers, helped me to basically gain back what I was losing. And I think by like the end of tenth grade, I was starting to really improve, but. Had you seen me on my first day here, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have thought that I would be sitting in this room right now talking to you. Sure, because I was on such a a different in such a different place. You've come a long way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mary Rose, did you always come here to school to TSPBI? Has this always been your school, or did you go to another school before coming here? Uh, I went to uh, Walker and Wolford Elementary. Okay, it's in McKinney. Okay, and do you remember what it was like for you when you left that school and you came here? Um, well, I mean, it was okay, but um, in Wolford and Walker, I had some behaviors like hitting and kicking, mm -hmm. and so when I started with Miss Angela, she, uh, she told me about impulse control, and that helped me. And uh, so, yeah, she taught me strategies like the drain and the starfish and stuff What's like that. What's the drain and the starfish? Drain is where you squeeze your fist and let it go. And then the starfish is where you take a deep breath. And that calms you. Yes. You should try the drain. I'm going to try it, yeah. <laughs> a life without love is I also uh, was fortunate enough to speak with the former teacher of Mary Rose's, uh, Eva Van Houten, here at TSVBI, to just try and learn more about the role of music education, um, especially for blind and visually impaired children and children with multiple uh, impairments. So Eva, what is your role here at uh, TSVBI? Um, I am a teacher, a music teacher, and, and I work with um, um, mostly students with uh, multiple multiple impairments. And have you seen music education have an impact on other areas of a child's uh, development? Yeah, I think that um, uh, it, you know, musical experiences provide a lot of, yeah, social and emotional development, um, language development, tactile kinesthetic development, uh, you know, uh, expressive, expressive skills, you know, just I mean, even if it's like just singing and dancing, I think it's like, you know, an opportunity to be expressive or be creative and uh, yeah. And so how do, 
how do you approach your classes differently than you might say with uh, with with sighted children? Um, yeah, um, I think that I have noticed um, uh, a kind of like a need for more specific language uh, involving like tactile cues. So, if I was working with a student um, learning to play an instrument, say maybe like uh, a ukulele or a violin or uh, maybe even piano. Um, I have noticed like that I need to use a very specific language involving like motor movements or so say for example, like if I were um, working with a student who is playing violin, I would need to say, I might need to say like, um, you know, you can feel your thumb, uh, touching uh, the wood here and and you can feel how your hand is about three inches away from the neck or something like just for example like some like very specific kind of language um, which I think uh, is also uh, helpful for all students like kind of like exploring that kind of thinking you know that I feel like it kind of challenges me to 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 use and analyze like motor movements in a more specific way like to think about the language that I use to describe motor movements um and also to use like a lot of physical modeling you know so um if I was working with a student um playing an instrument uh say violin uh I sometimes have the student like put their hand on top of my hand and say okay this is what uh, you know, feel this while I while I move my fingers, or you know, I might have them like feel my arm while it's moving, so they can kind of feel what the movement is like. Um, I also might, um, you know, f- uh, physically uh, adjust their fingers. You know, of course, I would say like, okay, I'm going to move your first finger here or whatever. Uh, so um, yeah, so a lot m- like a, a lot of physical modeling. Sure. I mean, I imagine you obviously can't just say, um, do what I'm doing. You have to, uh, I imagine you have to demonstrate uh, what that means, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so you've been here three years, um, or this is your third year, rather. Uh, so, so what's it like for you seeing children over time sort of become introduced into music and maybe take a liking to it or develop their skills and, and their abilities? What's it like for you as a teacher to be able to see that? Um, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. Like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I worked with, um, like, with Mary Rose, like, you know, at just seeing her, like, singing, and, you know, now she's in the in Team 5 and in the jazz band, and that's, like, you know, a really great experience for her, and, yeah, even just, like, some, you know, little, little things, like, you know, um, and some of it, I feel like, has overlap with, like, maybe orientation and mobility, or maybe OTPT kind of things too, which I've... Um, I'm sorry, what, what is that? Uh, what is that? Occupational therapy, physical therapy. Um, I've done, like I did uh, last year, I did like a music and movement class with some of the OTPT teachers. And uh, sometimes we collaborate a little bit, like we'll, you know, of course, you know, depending on the student and what what their specific needs are, you know, we sometimes try to... Um, incorporate some of the movements that uh they're working on in otpt like in a music setting yeah so like i was just thinking about like one student who uh for a really long time would play the drum with one hand uh due to um 
uh, I think it, and I, again, I don't know that much about physical therapy, but I, I, there's like a motor reflex. I, one of the, one of the physical therapists was talking about it. Um, and, uh, it was related to her using only, uh, one hand. Uh, uh, but so it's been really interesting for me to see. And I, I mean, I, obviously I can't say that the drumming is like the reason for it. I'm sure it's like everything combined right but she started using both hands so so that so sometimes it's like you know little things that you know maybe seem like a little it might be more subtle but uh, when you see over time the kind of growth that happens it's like really awesome yeah i mean that sounds uh that sounds really cool yeah so i told you i uh i spoke with Devin Gutierrez a bit and he had told me that he had gotten some uh, negative feedback uh, when he some skepticism when he expressed sort of his his dream of becoming a, a musician a professional a professional musician, um, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, what, what what do you think about that? Yeah, I I think that that's unfortunate that he's gotten that feedback. Um, but I but I, you know I think that that feedback about specifically maybe being a musician or an artist or something like. Uh, I think, you know, that's a, some people might have ideas about the practicality of that or or whatever, you know, Uh, but, um, but yeah, I would, I think that um, whatever, I I feel like it's good to, uh, you know, or I encourage my students to do what you love and, uh, you know, build your strengths. And so uh, if if he has, you know, he has a real, real strength in music. And I, I mean, I feel like, you know, he can do anything he wants. You know, I don't think that, it, I feel like that the, the visual impairment the, is like a non-issue in, in, in that sense, you know. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess just to finish off, do you have anything else uh, that you think that you'd like to say about your work or, or, or music education or the role of music education for, for children um, uh, just in general? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm a music educator, but <laughs> I feel like music music education is important for everybody, um, and I think that um, yeah, uh, I feel like uh, you know everyone uh, ha- deserves to access to music education, and I think that music and fine arts uh, are important, obviously for everyone, uh, but uh, are you know especially important you know for a lot of or can provide really important experiences and uh, uh, yeah, tools and experiences for students with visual impairment as well. Did you hear that, Patty? She came in at the right time. She came in at the right times every time. It took it took you how long to get that that melody? Two three weeks. It was hard for you. I know it was. Um, to, to get the timing right, right? Probably like three or four. And then weeks. we didn't review. Yeah, and then we didn't review it. We haven't reviewed it since we played it at the gig. It's been almost a month. And guess what? what? You retained all of it. You retained all of Who's Loving You. You retained all of Moon River perfectly. Yeah. I expect nothing less with Rock and Robin. This is an easy song. It's a fun song. You ready? Oh yes. Ready? Yeah. One, two, a one, two, three, and do you remember the first music classes you took here at TSU? I do. It was very fun. Um, music class was the only thing that could bring me out of my shutdown state, so to speak. Um, 
There, were, there was a really great uh, recently retired two years ago te uh, music teacher here named Jane Runquist. Very, very lovely uh, teacher. Knew how to talk to just about everybody. Loves music. She still plays in a band around Austin. Uh, everyone yeah. just calls her Miss Jane. She's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in ninth grade, actually, um, which is when I first got here, we would... Uh, we, I, there was this other guy uh, who I'd play with and learn songs with um, in that one music in one music class that I had, but I didn't start getting into the regular music classes. I basically I, I didn't I never did choir um, and opted to do jazz band instead in tenth grade, and that's where my jazz development really started. And I started listening to different jazz artists because before before tenth grade. I didn't know any music. I mean, I knew music and I knew how to sing and play some stuff, but it was mostly like songs I would hear on the radio. Um, you know, just whatever was playing, I knew how to sing. You know what I'm saying? I knew all the words to the to the to the modern songs of the time and could sing sing them. Mm -hmm. And I could kind of play. I wasn't that good of a piano player back then. Well, you are now. <laughs> well, thank you. But um, I just have one more question for each of y'all. My question is, what would you say to someone, to maybe a, someone younger than you, who is blind or visually impaired, and who is maybe coming to the school for the first time and is scared and is nervous about what's going to happen to them and wonders, you know, if everything is going to be all right, what would you say to that person? I would be like... Uh, do the drain or the starfish if you need to, uh -huh. where you squeeze your fist and let it go, and the starfish is where you take a deep breath. Uh -huh. And that calms you down, right? Yep. I bet. Yeah. And then, uh, and then people wouldn't have to be upset, and then I do very good at that now. Very good. What about you, Devin? What, uh... what I would say is there's a lot of change. Okay, because uh, Mary Rose is a day student, so she just comes up here. But a, a lot of students are students who will come here from all over the state and stay here in the dorms and be completely away from their family for a while. Um, and some of them go back every weekend and some every other weekend and whatnot. But they're going to probably feel pretty alone for a while. Um, and I would say, you know... You know what? Every single one of the people on this campus, every single one of the students on this campus is going through the same thing that you're going through, or it has gone through the same thing that you're going through. So we are all here to support you in any dream that you have. I would say reach for the stars, because while you're here, you have so many options that it's not even funny. You have options flooding you have an ocean of options because there are no, there is nothing that any of these teachers, any of these students, fellow students even would do, uh, wouldn't do to help you achieve whatever you're trying to achieve in life. Cause all the students here are actually really supportive of each other. I mean, bullying is a rare thing here because we all have something in common. A lot of like younger school bullying is like, oh, well, you're not like me, ha ha, you know? Or like hitting and going, uh, eh, uh, or pulling hair. Mm. 
It's a lot, you know, it's, but it's based on this, oh, ha ha, you're not, you're not a, a, a jock like me, you know? You're not this, you're not that. So, ha ha, I'm going to bully you now. But here, we all have something in common. We all have a common struggle. We all have a common goal. More so than just the common goal of being peaceful human beings, we have, which should be enough for everybody, but sadly it isn't, but we have our uh, visual impairments that kind of unite us in a way that creates a lot of friend of a friendly environment. You know, this is the most friendly school environment I've ever been in. And it really just helps to create a, a positive energy and a really good atmosphere. Did you have a big takeaway from spending some time here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to sound pretty cliche, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, how can I say this? I think like, as I was reflecting on my time here and like making and like finishing the episode and, and thinking about what had most impacted me, it was just, uh, the talent and the strength of all these, you know, of the kids that I spoke with who I imagine are indicative as well of like the larger community or representative of the larger community, you know, uh, again, from outside of the person of ignorance, I you and I have spoken a lot about like what terms to use. Like, you know, there's like, you don't want to say anything that's no, like not correct or that's, that's not the way someone wants to describe themselves. And, and it just helped me to not think of this community by the term deafblind, right? Like not to define the deafblind community, even though I'm using that term to define it, but like to not to define the people by that, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mary Rose and Devin are both, they're both really funny, like really smart, Mm -hmm. um, really talented individuals. And the visual impairment was like the least, we didn't speak about that at all, hardly. I I don't think we even mentioned that like more than once. Um, And and so that to me was, was very impactful just to be able to see how these kids were able to are are living full, rich artistic lives, mm-hmm. um, even with what I, I might see as like a, a disability or an impairment. Man, you learn fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the secret right yeah. there, right? It's like they're just kids. Yeah, they're yeah. young adults. Yeah, yeah. Doing their mm-hmm. thing. They got lots of other stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of different media stuff here. Mm-hmm. Like, are you interested in helping out with future yeah, for projects? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully yeah. you have more homework that will help us yeah, do our sure. jobs. <laughs> yeah. Just thank you very much to um uh, Devin and Mary Rose, I hope they listen to this. I'm sure they will. And thank you yeah. to Eva as well. It's been great for me to get to know at least a little bit of this community. Um, and yeah, hopefully another podcast episode will be yeah. future down the line. We'll be down the line. Yeah. You're welcome anytime. Okay. You cool. know where we are. I do. Yeah. <laughs> See it every day. <laughs> do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. As Evan said, he's not our typical listener, but he's quickly become a member of our team. Thanks to him for highlighting our students and their interests. He pretty much nailed it. 
From the TSBVI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.